0: This week we are not a wrestling podcast uh, because there's not much wrestling to talk about, so we're not going to talk about wrestling this week. Um, but we do—we are joined again, uh, two weeks in a row. Guest, uh, Alex. Alex, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing really well. The next Better Bottom Tag Team episode is being written right now.
0: Yeah, we're interrupting that unfortunately for this, but uh, hopefully this is. <laughs> worthwhile endeavor and Quentin I think you're uh, coming in hot you got some news that you wanted to bring in off the top so if you want to get into it or say hello and then get into it feel
2: free um hello how how was how, how's everyone doing I didn't watch much wrestling I w- tried to get into some of the king of DDT but I'll be honest with you there's something that threw me off and it comes from our friends over at over the top wrestling, OTT, if you will, over in Ireland, and a fan emailed them numerous times about their about their uh, imminent return and concerns. Um, and pretty much they gave them the worst response pos- possible. Uh, in uh, says that they're gonna look at they're gonna um. If, if pretty much if they haven't been charged with anything, that they're going to go ahead and book them, but they'll announce ahead of time that they're going to book them, at least. Like I guess they'll say they'll say, "Hey, this this person's going to be on the show," um, which I guess you do anyway if you're announcing matches. But right. Uh, yeah, if no one has any charges on them, they will continue using any talent that was named as speaking out, as long as they have not been criminally charged. Yeah. Uh, and so it what, kind
0: of, the, you know, the announcing thing plays into the Michael Elgin thing that happened at AAW a few years yeah. back at this point now, where he was a surprise, and people really complained about that, which feels like it really this is feels like the worst of all worlds compromise because you're saying that there's obviously something that's worthwhile but you're also saying we don't care enough to not book them i don't yeah it's just to me it's it's really the worst possible decision
2: um alex uh do you want to jump do you want to jump in there before uh me before me and Tim get rolling on this
1: (coughs) i mean at this point, if you're just going to book your friends and whoever else, you should just don't even pretend to put on a mask and care because you wouldn't be the first rescue promoter to say, I don't care about what the fans think. I'm putting on what I want and people come anyway. Don't pretend to care and say, oh, if they've been criminally charged, because you can look at the statistics in many countries around the world and know that most sexual assaulters are not criminally charged.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's uh, all, all all over the world. Um, a very 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 slim percentage of rape or sexual assault accusations are uh, are false, and a very 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 small percentage of them wind up with wind up with someone getting convicted. Let alone someone bringing those uh these those charges or that situation to authorities because of the nature of how sexual assault and rape cases are handled all over the world, really. Um, This is the type of shit that makes people hate and give up on rape and give up on wrestling. Because you come back to this a year later and what has changed? It's a bunch of performative posturing bullshit in saying yeah well we're gonna book them if they don't have any charges but we'll announce their allegations ahead of time as if those allegations aren't heinous and scary enough for to warrant you not booking them you're gonna say hey well as long as they're not a criminal then that, mean, that means they're okay with us and this is the thing with these European promotions that is just so scary is that People feel like they're a part of these things. People like hang out with the rest. People hang out with the wrestlers, whether it's uh, they're you know at the after after parties or they're talking to them and they have real relationships with them and connections through social media, or whether it's taking advantage of younger wrestlers or taking advantage of female wrestlers on the roster that these uh, that these men are doing. And it's all over the place. And instead of taking the necessary actions to. Make a better scene. It's, hey, if they don't have any charges, then that's fine. And I don't get it. And like Alex said, if you really just don't give a fuck that much, then just say that. Then just say that. Just say that you're out here to make some money and that you don't really care what these people are talking about because people that are accused of these things are people that are stars or have name value and you want to make the most money possible so you're going to use them. Go ahead. Go ahead and try. Go ahead and try and book Jordan uh, Jordan Devlin and Scotty Davis and the other people that have been accused and see how that goes. Maybe people show up to these wrestling shows. But it goes all across this scene. If you guys want to try that, go ahead. You've completely destroyed any goodwill that people would have had towards giving you a chance. And it goes back to this mentality that people have about blaming fans for this. That person that sent O.T.T. that email and was going and was was going at them on Twitter. People, people like uh, people like people like her and people uh, like our pal Jamesy and others that try to hold these promotions and promotions accountable. They get called negative. They get called all these different things because they want promotions to stop booking abusers and rapists. They're the problem because they're too negative. They're negative because they because they because they insist. On using on using jo- on using Jordan Devlin again some down uh, using Jordan Devlin again some sometime down the line because they insist on doing that they're the problem because someone because someone possibly abused a woman or sexually assaulted a woman and they care about that and they care about that and they care about that for more than two weeks they're the problem and I don't know Tim me and you have. Talked about this topic ad ad nauseum. Yeah. Me and you have both been super into European wrestling in the past, but this is the kind of stuff that makes it hard to ever want to see the European wrestling scene ever come back. Because if this is the response that fans are getting out of concern, not of nastiness, not of bitterness, not of anger, not of anything, out of concern for their fellow human beings, then this thing should never come back.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and here's the the proof is in the the pudding. Unfortunately, um, the tickets seem to have sold out for the show that they just announced. While all this is going on, and all of the people who use the word cancel culture and talk about how terrible it is constantly, um, even though it seems to not affect anybody ever. Um, Are vindicated, you know. They get to take their victory laps and show. Okay, see, it's just you, you know, handful dozen people whinging on Twitter, but nobody else cares. And I mean, it's really, it really sucks. It really sucks to be in this position and feel like maybe they're right. That doesn't give them. They can. They're correct. Let's say they're not right, because their opinion and their stance and the side that they're on is wrong. They're on the wrong side of history on the whole thing. They're wrong-headed in their thinking, and that's not it's not how these things sh- should be decided. It's not, you know, that people's rights and people's well-being and health and people's protections and people's ability to be part of a scene should be dictated by the masses unfortunately like as much as you want to believe that democracy works really well throughout history especially here in america we show that democracy is not always the best way for people to receive civil rights for people to be treated equally for people to be given you know their justice unfortunately so to say well the tickets sold out so that proves you're all just whining and crying online and no one really cares and it's like sure that's fine but historically women were treated as property in the past does that make that does that mean that that was correct just because people don't see this now that it's wrong doesn't mean that it's right um and it
2: is and like in like human history is just like you know like there's like like the the developments of of um of society of society um you know every, every everything evolves we've gone from like places have gone from communalism to capitalism and all the stages in between right but The one thing that does maintain is, yeah, like, humans do have that, um, that part of that part of themselves where the only things that matter is what I want, what I want and what I care about, and it sucks to think about the fact that we're in a place where you can hear about countless wrestlers abusing female fans and their fellow wrestlers that they share locker rooms with and your response is I don't care I want to watch my wrestling like that's harrowing that's fucking terrifying that is scary that is an absurd thing to think about but that's the space in which we're in where because of how some people are that their desire to watch a fucking wrestling show go super supersedes human feelings and human emotion and human trauma and care and concern for other people who've gone through these experiences. That's absolutely wild.
0: Yeah. I want to believe that that's not the case and that a large percentage of it are people that are just not aware. That they're just not on Twitter, they're not online, and they just like to go to the wrestling shows. It doesn't seem likely but an anecdote i'll say that i can point out that i remember was pwg you would think oh yeah pwg fans and this was you know a while ago based on when i'll give the story they'll all be online they'll all kind of know everything and i remember being at pwg and it's wrestling fans, but it was kind of at the height of when there was something like a lot of stand up comedians were there and I w- used to do stand up comedy, so I know some of them would chit chat and talk and all this. And this was at the height of AJ Styles as the NW or the IWGP champion, everyone was just in love with AJ and uh, you know, in New Japan and the big run he was having, and they were all kind of joking around about uh, I think like the Good Brothers used to like make fun of the way AJ would talk and all this stuff and they were joking and all this and I I made a joke in the same guys about like AJ, you know, calling people the F word repeatedly, you know, kind of like mocking AJ and kind of mocking all of them for being like, oh, we, you know, we think AJ is so funny. And I'm like, yeah, the funniest thing I think he's ever done is constantly call people the F word. Um, and a lot of them were unaware of any of that. And it's kind of like, OK, that was not that long ago. And it's pretty well out there. Oh, you know what it was? It was the gay community. Everyone liked to make the joke about the radio. Things. Yeah, yeah, the, so the, yeah gay, the gay community. The side. gay community. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's really funny. It's also like how he calls people the F word constantly. Yeah, but, uh, like, but like,
2: I, I, obviously, this isn't like a defending AJ thing. But like, a lot of that stuff, if you, if it's like, like, the, like, there's like the famous ROH clip and right. stuff like that, or there's like the the chainsaw. Uh, yeah, or there's the early, there's the, yeah, there's the early NWA TNA episode um, where he bursts into the room, and I think and I think and I think says so, so a slur. It, it's it's stuff like that, like yeah. Compared to this, this was a thing that, like, had ramifications, or at least we thought ramifications all over all over the wrestling world, and not just Europe. So yeah. to me, yeah. and and I, and I and I know that like with Ireland, that you know historically there hasn't been a ton of wrestling there. You know, you had you had you had Irish whip, and then uh, there was, but then wrestling went away for a little bit. A place like Ott pops up, and then um, you get the you get the Fight Factory and all that. But Ott being really the only place where Irish wrestling was was there and and um, and was popular and important. So I could see a kind of local, uh, lo- a local crowd and local community um, being a part of that, and not being as um, ingrained as the rest of us into the inner workings and the other stuff going on within professional wrestling. But still, at the end of the day, like this is all on this is all on Twitter, though. This is all Twitter, social media. Right. They're promoting they're promoting tickets through Twitter and through Facebook and stuff like that. So like to me it, I don't know. I know that there's a different there's a difference between like how stuff like this spreads on Twitter versus how it spreads on Facebook, and I get that. But I don't know, man. Part of, part of me does think that this that this is just people like oh why can't we move on? You know this that was so long ago as if people are just supposed to forget the fact that there was fucking rapists and abusers and beaters of women. And, and, and sexual and sexual assault, right. uh, shit going on, on this and that, in uh, that in that a year and some change is okay. Like, hey, why can't we? Why can't we all just move on? I, I I to me that really does feel like what's going on here.
0: For sure, um, Alex, do you have any other thoughts? I feel like I'm, I'm, unfortunately I might be steamrolling a bit.
1: No, it's basically all agreeing with Quentin. and with the Irish and British wrestling communities. like some people do want to rush back like quinn said because especially in ireland they've never really had the long history of having a wrestling community and wrestling ecosystem and some people want to rush back to like 2013 2014 and forget everything that's happened but you cannot especially with social media there's no way that you can erase the paper trail like people know if anyone doesn't then we are all able to go on Twitter or to some news sites or whatever and show the receipts and show the allegations against these wrestlers. So if you are trying to just push forward and continue with these wrestling shows and returning from COVID and speaking out, then you're just showing your true colors that you don't care about the well-being of anyone except for you and these wrestlers that are either your actual friends or your fake friends. Right, that are taking advantage of you, basically, because they want you
0: to buy t-shirts. Yeah, I guess my point was not to even equate the two things, but just really to point out that, like, the online social media world and even the wrestling fandom can be so stratified that, like, people who who are buying tickets and are you know super excited to go back it's like if you just you know follow wrestlers and follow ott on twitter and maybe like a couple of people that you know in real life you may not have seen the stories because you're not following the people or seeing the people who are talking about it you might just be seeing because when you know ott is not posting about it ott is not saying you know everybody who's who's accused of whatever so it is in it the, is kind of in, in the
2: in the in the wrestling in the known wrestling journalists didn't really cover it yeah um very um very thoroughly
0: so you had to kind of care and look out because the stuff was getting posted by people's private accounts which was part of what made the whole thing very powerful is that these were the victims directly themselves or survivors i should say directly themselves coming out with their stories and sharing them publicly but if you weren't looking for it it was kind of easy to miss it um one thing I want to point out is just how much of a you know good old boys club kind of network everything is because I saw people talking about oh Marty Scroll will probably show back up which is very likely but one person who I was thinking I was like well if they're willing to bring all these other people back what would stop them from bringing back David Starr especially when in comparison really David dude, Starr's dude, dude. allegations were bad but they were you know manipulative boyfriend kind of gaslighting and, and psychological <laughs> abuse stuff. David but,
2: Starr was like the scapegoat, though. That's right. the thing. Everyone did their performative, we care about exactly. we, we care about and believe women shit with David Starr. So that's why David Starr wouldn't come back. David because Starr, they, yeah. He was a yeah, the scapegoat. They used, he's a whipping boy. Yeah. yeah, they they used him as, oh, he's, he's he's everything that's wrong with this scene. And someone like Jack Sexsmith can talk about, oh, I hate you, David Starr. Yeah. And then the next day, yeah, Jack Stacksmith, you're 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 uh come to the front of the come come to the front of, line, yeah, of the line, of Exactly. No, exactly. And that's
0: the thing is he wasn't he wasn't keep his head down, go along to get along. And I said this at the time when everything came out. I said I don't agree with him and I don't you know, I I don't it's not like I support him. I'm not like a big I was a fan of his, I continue to be a fan of his, but I do say that just because he did some terrible things in his relationships with women, obviously, and he's manipulative. That doesn't make his politics wrong. And uh, the fact that he didn't just go, yeah, put his head down, go along to get along, and do the brother-brother thing, but was actually standing up for something that he believed in and rubbed people the wrong way, it's very convenient for them to make him the example and write him off. But Marty Scroll, I don't think that they want to write him off. Because Marty Scroll Of course on top, not. He's, of the, top, he, he's one of yeah, the bullies. <laughs> of top... on. Apart on on top of being one of the boys and a long time veteran of the UK scene and a big you know deal behind the scenes with all of that and all of this, he's also probably one of the main guys who knows where all the fucking bodies are buried, because he has been along, around for so long and he has been sleazy for
2: so long that I'm sure mm-hmm. that if there's any
0: other stories that we don't know, Marty Scroll knows them.
2: All, and, all of them know where the, all of them know where the bodies are. Whether yeah is fucking is whether it's whether it's Marty, whether it's Lagero. Um, any any of those guys, they all know Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> like yeah, like those th- those guys all know, and that's the scary thing about this, and why this shit is so frustrating, and why I can't blame anybody or blame any any of our friends who see this kind of stuff and then get disenchanted with wrestling and fall back out, and fall back out of it, is the reality is, and this has happens even when we're talking about um um. Like the Me, like the Me Too movement and stuff like that, is that this is only the tip of the iceberg. That's the reality of this stuff. Is that this still is only making up a small percentage of how much of this stuff actually goes on. And that, and that, and that thought, and that revelation, and keeping that in your mind when thinking about all the stuff that we already saw in the last year, and the stuff that we still don't know, the stuff that's still being buried. Zach Sabre Jr. hasn't tweeted in a year, in over a over year and a, a, a half. Over a year, yep. Zack
1: Sabre Jr. cannot find his phone. If mm-hmm. if I see him in Tokyo when I'm there next year, I'm going to ask, Hey, <laughs> how's the Twitter? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, like,
2: this, this, this guy just can't find his phone. So, like, that shit speaks volumes.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously there's the whispers that have been going around for a while with him. And the reason why he doesn't want to show up on social media at this point, Um, it seems like it's been long enough that the heat has probably died down. But we'll see as things continue. But but but
2: long long enough to have confirmed it, you know. Not like it's anyone's business to say that because I don't think every anything ever came out about Zach. But you know, it says what it says.
1: Yep. The silence says a lot. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And but I mean, of
0: course, he doesn't want to. Have to say anything, and he especially doesn't want to have to say anything about his good friend Marty Scroll, like we said, who will probably show up in OTT. Do not, you know, do not be shocked when Marty Scroll gets announced for an OTT show.
2: You you know, Os- you know, Osprey is still over in uh, Europe rehabbing.
0: Yeah, exactly, and he's supposedly going to show up on the Rev Pro show when they, when they have they have dates for a show coming up soon, and he's going to be on the first one to talk about what he's doing with this title, right? So we'll see what what happens with him. Um, yeah. Lots of, uh, lots going on here. But, uh, yeah, the only other news stuff I had, a lot of stuff in Japan really going on with a lot of companies working together more.
2: I don't know if you. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, I, forget, I forgot who, I forgot who was on. I know it was New Japan, Gleet. I know, I know Shotanaka showing up on a, Shotanaka showing up on a Gleet show. Yeah, there's um, some other wrestlers
0: j- were, were, you know, inquired to, to be on Gleet as well.
2: Um um I forgot, I forgot who's all tapped in for that big joint show. It was All Japan Dragon Gate. There's a big joint show that's going to have New Japan, Noah,
0: DDT and All Japan. Oh, the
1: Hall of fame show. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, and it's actually there's more. So it says nine companies all together, uh, but those are the big ones that are
1: mentioned. 2AW, I think that's the name of the former K-Dojo, oh, yeah. they're also tapped in.
2: Yeah. Yeah, not Big sh- Japan, not, that, not Michinoku not. Pro, No Joshi Promotions. Yeah.
0: Zero one, so yeah. Let me see. Is this
2: nine one two three four? Okay, so sort of like the biggest yeah. vision is Dragon Gate.
0: Yeah, so dra- no, Dragon Gate is in it. I've got the full Dragon list. Here. I'll go oh, over it. Yeah, okay. New Japan, okay. All Japan, Michinoku Pro, Big Japan, DDT, Dragon Gate, Noah, Zero One, which doesn't even exist, and Two AW.
2: Zero 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 one is just Kaisei Sato at this point,
0: B- basically. Ah, so yeah, so that's uh, that's all of that is that all of those companies are working together for this big show, and then yeah, Gleet is getting involved more with New Japan, obviously, which is interesting. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens with all of that. But I, hey, remarkably, it's similar to what I was saying before about New Japan needing to interact with other companies a little bit more to fill out some you know some of their roster and also to maybe make a little bit of buzz, even if they're the big dog. Um, people get intrigued about you know the palace intrigue when you see companies interacting with each other it's the same as the the uh, impact and aew thing tons of people say like oh you know who cares about uh impact like yeah no one cares but just having any kind of interaction between two promotions gets people excited and it didn't really you know they haven't sustained that buzz but when it was first going on people were interested right so you just do stuff like this and people are at least interested even if it's nothing really there um so yeah, got that, and uh, <laughs> the cops get called on GCW. Did you see this one?
2: I didn't. I did not. Can I tell you more about this?
0: They uh, they ran some show, the Outlaw Mud Show or whatever, um, and someone called the police on them, and the police actually showed, and they posted videos. There was a complaint. Forty or fifty rowdy people uh, were, you know, going crazy. Basically, nothing really came of it, but you know, they were all very excited about. Uh, about getting the cops called on him because it made him feel but, like they're real yeah, rebels. But, I bet they were. Yeah, they all felt like real rebels because they were able to have the cops uh, called on them and nothing really happened because you know, obviously. really, really
2: gang, af- really gang affiliated. I bet. <laughs> yeah, wow. exactly. Which leads into. I, oh, go ahead, Alex. Alex, do you have thoughts on Nick Gage? Um,
1: Nick Gage, the whole like murder, death, kill. Like I know his fans love it, and you know he's a shot caller, not a cop caller. I personally. <laughs> like to insult people i call them cop callers because i'm an old school mob wives fan and Dallas was rita's go-to call like calling people storytellers and cop callers but i mean nice. i'm not huge anyone that knows me knows i'm not huge on any american wrestling and haven't been for the last couple of years so nick gage is just i know him i don't have opinions on him i have opinions on gcw though i think they are cop callers and storytellers
0: I,
2: I I don't have I don't have an argument against that.
0: Yeah, I I don't think I could say it better myself. Um, on the same note, did you see Joey Janela and his viral prank on uh, crazy people and some school board thing? Did you see this?
1: No, that that no. gives me psychic I damage. I don't want to hear about it.
0: Okay, well I just want to say to people who think this is so funny because Joey Janela is you know he's making fun of and mocking uh, drake works and oh it's so funny like D- don't fucking trust joey Janello. this guy doesn't believe in jack shit he's not doing it because he thinks that drake is you know wrong or that QAnon is dangerous or that he cares about any of this stuff he's doing it because he's a little pissant who just likes to poke fun at everything Pay attention to his social media and his history. He's not a guy who has any moral standings. So just because... you know, Broke clock can be right twice a day. Just because he does he's something um, he's,
2: funny... he, he just like Sebastian, really.
0: Yeah, he's just a shitster. So just like Sebastian, similar thing. You can laugh when he does something funny to troll people that you don't like, but don't think that that makes him part of your team. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. Um... News. That's it for news. Shout out to uh, the the underscore corewoo for the news notes as always. Um,
2: and did you have? Did, did you? Did you have any like? I know that like, it's really realistically going to be a bunch of tag matches and everything. But like, with uh, that big show, was there any like dream scenario for you that you'd be really into on that show with the big, with all the, with all the promotion I, coming together?
0: Damn, that's a good question. I'd have to think about it, but. If I was going to really, really say, like, a dream scenario, it would probably involve uh, astronauts. Um, But I'm just trying to think who... Oh, I guess DDT? No, but I was going to say astronauts versus Nautilus, but Nautilus is uh, no more. Astronauts
2: versus Eruption.
0: Astronauts versus Eruption could kick ass, but that's a match that feels like it could theoretically just happen in DDT. So... I can't think True. of any real dream, dream anything. Uh, it would have to be, to be like a dream. Oh, this couldn't happen any other time. It would have to be people from New Japan, right? Because um, they're. The it, right it'd be
2: like Takashita versus like, uh, like ver- versus uh, versus Okada or some shit, like or like a Takashita versus bushi. I have a question.
1: Sure. Yeah. Noah's on this, right? Okay. Yes. Has Okada ever faced Muto?
2: Why did you?
0: Bring up? <laughs> actually, I think he might have. No, actually, he faced he faced, faced Tenru, and um and it was uh the Tetsu, Naito Naito faced Muto. I think at the last time Muto was on a New Japan Tokyo Dome show. Okay, there you go. Um, there's the
1: dream. That's what's gonna bring the people dream. in. Yep.
0: That's it. That's it. Okada versus
1: Muto. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's the that's the big.
1: Who, 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 that's
0: who's
2: the big who's who's more immobile? Who's more immobile right now?
0: Between those two,
1: that's a tough call. Well, Muto might move yeah, better than him right now. Muto did a moonsault. Yeah, Muto had <laughs> knee, he <laughs> has had knee surgery in the last two years. Okada hasn't had any knee like surgeries.
2: Yeah, but yeah, but, but, but allegedly Okada's back is just just <laughs> torn
0: completely apart. gone, yeah.
1: God, his, the destruction of Okada's body needs to be talked about in the next two years, because it's sad. Oh.
2: Yeah.
0: I got it, I got it. Eruption versus Kango. Um, uh, Keno and uh, oh, can't I can't think of his name. The Diamond Ring Kid. Sasaki's. Oh. Right um, what is wrong with me? For oh, not Nakaj- Nakajima. Nakajima, yeah. yeah. That would that'd oh, be a okay, kick-ass right. match. I would love to All see right, that.
2: right, I'm, I'm into that, I'm into that.
0: Damn, dude, Simon's going to kill me for not remembering Nakajima's name. <laughs> it, I,
2: don't, I don't think he's that big of a Nakajima guy, is he?
0: But just not being able to remember his name, it just plays into oh, yeah, the yeah, same yeah. thing of my brain is just completely gone. Um, so yeah, that's that's the only big dream match I can think of, other than something with astronauts that I can't think of exactly what. Astronauts versus a uh, Rapungi 3K or whatever. Um. Well, (laughs) we are here for a very special uh, review. Alex, explain to us and to everyone else what we
1: watched here. So, in the year of our Lord, 2019, one of the five Takarazuka troops, Moon Troop, put on a play. It was in smaller theaters. It was in Nippon, Cinecon, and Theater Drama City. It's called Che Guevara. It is a musical about the life of Che Guevara in the Cuban Revolution. It's a musical, and it's great. It's
0: phenomenal. My dream kept being, though, that at some point, Oswald, they would have an Oswald cameo, which, like, he could have been in the background somewhere, and they just didn't directly say that it was him, but I was just really hoping that they would have had an Oswald show up at some point It just, you know... As a cameo. Role.
1: But they did have a but lot of have. the revolutionaries in this play. Like, they had Cienfuegos.
2: Yeah, they had like almost, like,
1: everybody. <laughs> it, then they also made original characters who were also revolutionaries. Like, El Tojo was from Guatemala. And at the end of the play, I guess, spoilers for 1950s Latin American revolutions. <laughs> El Tojo <laughs> leaves Cuba after the revolution... Goes back to Guatemala to help the revolutionaries in Guatemala and gets killed by government forces.
2: Uh, yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> R. I. P. El Patojo. <laughs> have
0: to uh, yeah have to give a little bit of a spoiler for people who don't know, but uh, the the good guys don't win in the end is basically how this ends.
2: Um. So. To any, to, so was I the only one that attempted to generate um English subtitles for this? Oh
0: yeah, I did not. No.
2: I tried I tried and it just didn't work. I'd like downloaded like two different softwares neither th- neither of them uh worked for me. I guess cuz we we used uh Billy Billy for this and um yeah, Billy Billy is just not compatible with these uh with video downloading software.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. No, I was able to download the video but I I didn't even try to get like uh subtitles going cuz I was like that was already hard enough. I think pulling that. One yeah,
2: out. I was like, yeah, I, 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 like I tried for like ten minutes. I was like, all right, fuck it. All right, I'm just, I just got to go in now. Just gotta watch yeah, it. Just yeah,
1: just gotta whatever. keep your Che Guevara yeah. wiki page and Cuban Revolution wiki page up. <laughs> yeah, just hopping
0: <laughs> back and forth. Um, so I guess I don't know <laughs> how we want to, yeah, like, how we want to review this.
1: Yeah, what do you just want to ask you questions or just hop in
0: wherever? Um, well, let's see. Okay, so. As it was going, obviously not being able to understand, you know, makes it. It's like the storyline's pretty basic. Yeah. Um. You you can kind of get it. I did like that. There's like a transition, and I was looking it up. The same actor who played, um, Batista, plays another character, and I can't remember who in the second oh, half. Yeah. Because they. Oh. No. Do you there. remember who they played? Uh, Andres and Michi. Oh. But, like, uh, it was kind of stark the way that the revolution is really kind of skipped over into the second act. Like, they close (laughs) out the first act, and then it's just like this. So that was why I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But it's like Batista is just gone. So that, like, makes sense that you have that actor, actor play somebody else because, like, there's just no more Batista after that point. But they don't, like, really show anything about the actual... Like I guess the coup or just the whatever, like the government. I guess it wasn't even a coup technically. Um, well,
1: I don't know. I mean, um, yeah, like I don't know it's different because they just kind of they just kind of ran Batista. Yeah, out. like yeah. they showed. I can't remember what building. Like they showed the explosion of a major government building, and then that's when they drop the July 26 flags, and we have a musical number, and then Act One ends, yes. and then Act Two begins, and that's when it starts getting into like Cuban Missile Crisis, Che infidel split yes. because of. The Sino-Soviet split, and then Che goes to Bolivia. He says goodbye to his wife and everyone, and then it gets into Che in Bolivia. People are getting killed. He gets captured. It's the like end of Che's life in Act Two.
2: Yeah. Uh, what were, what was your guys' as uh, favorite favorite musical number? I really liked I really liked the one where they were dancing. Um, i guess where they were like, they were they were trained they were uh it was uh the train the military yes. training and they, they, yes. they had uh they had the gear on so that was my favorite one and then and then we got to um i guess like the shade the um shay's uh letter to letter to fidel at the end and uh, that was that uh, every, was a it, good one that would yeah i was like oh man like this is like been. So, it's like such a weird experience, and it actually got like got me like weirdly emotional. Yes. Even though like I, even though like I know the history and story here.
0: Yeah, and yeah, no, they did a great job.
1: Yeah, like I think my favorite musical number was the "La Hasta Siempre" one. I think in Act One. But yeah, also the military training before the Grandma Expedition is really good, and of course Chase UN speech becoming a song is. That's a power move by the playwright.
0: Yeah, no, that was great. Well, I mean, there's like a few big historical moments and they kind of like, they did a good job levering, leveraging those for musical numbers, which is pretty smart. Um, but yeah, the training. I think it was the training sequence. Basically, it was yeah, it was in the first act, and it was. I, I assume it's probably what you mean by the training, like that they just show them and they're in the gr- the guerrilla outposts, in yeah. the jungles, and then they're just out of nowhere. Yeah, they're in fatigues and have rifles. After like everything up until that point, they've been like you know, relatively <laughs> upper class. You know, like they're still like in suits, and they're clearly like um, just part of like the you know upright society and then just out of nowhere they all have guns and fatigues on and they're dancing around and that was there was definitely something stark to that and made it stand out um the (laughs) the idea that i god damn now i wish i could remember if it was che or if it was um fidel but the idea that they kind of like showed them getting radicalized by seeing all the workers and they start singing uh tally me banana (laughs) like suddenly (laughs) was amazing
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah I, was, yeah, I was gonna ask you if you um how how do you think they handled um I guess the beginnings of uh of Shay of Shay's uh, radicalization and what was go- and what was going on uh and what was going on with him um you know being being a, being um you know his start his start uh being a do- being a doctor and this uh, where he and you know the whole thing about how Shay got radicalized seeing uh seeing seeing poor people and everything how do you think they handled that. <laughs>
1: I mean, with the premise of an all-women's theater group in Japan making a musical about Che, I think they handled <laughs> it pretty well. And then they take the whole doctor thing, and El Patel is like, hey, I know some people that kind of sound like you, let me introduce you to them. And then one of the revolutionaries has malaria, and Che diagnoses him with malaria, and all the revolutionaries are still aware of this guy. They're like, we don't know who this guy is, you're just some Argentinian dude. But then they all get talking, and was like, no, yeah, 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 no, yeah, this sounds great. And Raul's like, he call- Raul calling Fidel Oni-san just killed me the first time I watched it. He's like, <laughs> oni he's like, Raul! Uh. But, yeah, everyone being skeptical of Che, but Fidel's like, no, I think this guy's, I think we're all on the same page. And then they all put their hands in the circle, and they're like, fuck yeah.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that was such a good when they yeah, they all put their hands on the pile like they're in a a, a, a football huddle. Dude's rock. <laughs> and they're like, break. <laughs> they're like yeah,
2: they're they're just like, all right, <laughs> communism on two, on two. Do, 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 do you guys think that um our our revolutionaries um had secret handshakes? I hope so.
1: I mean if either Ooh. of them
2: who would who, who, who had the coolest one? Like, out of any, like, <laughs> rev- revolution ever, who had the coolest handshake?
1: I think it would have been Fidel and Che because they were such good friends. Yeah. Like... And,
0: I mean, there's a reason... Like, it's really easy to, like, make fun of all the people who would wear the, the Che logo shirts and, like, sis- or, uh, rage against the machine and stuff, but, like, the reason why it took off is because fucking Che is pretty swaggy. Like... He's got his that story vibe.
2: just his story his story is just yeah. cool as shit. Like And he looks they, like a they, cool they didn't dude. even really they didn't even really get into like the motorcycle shit.
0: <laughs> no, I know. but well, that's before
2: all of this, technically, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, like they really could have just hammed up Che Rarest Legend even more, but they were pretty restrained in the legend and they put Fidel in a lot of the stories and they also skipped Che's first wife. She just doesn't exist. They went straight to the second wife. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, of course. Unfortunately, second wives.
1: We
2: all we all know we all we know the first wife doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: The first wife just disappears to history; it's never mentioned. Um, but yeah, I mean, Che Che and Fidel are obviously just both super cool. Like, Fidel obviously is a legendary, uh, legendary lover of the ladies, very smooth and. And like I said, Che just has, like, the vibe of being a really cool fucking guy. So it's just like, of course, their secret handshakes were probably the best out of any of the revolutionaries. Um, I would not trust a secret handshake from uh, from Stalin, because I think they may involve ice picks. (laughs) Ice picks in your back.
2: Mm, yeah <laughs> might not be might not, might not be the best handshake guy. yeah I'm not,
1: ta- I'm not taking the a uh, handshake from Stalin so. I think Ho Chi Minh probably had a pretty good handshake because he used to live in Harlem when he was in America I think Ho Chi Minh had a solid handshake <laughs> nice <laughs>
0: uh,
1: but yeah the Alex, um, I, Alex, I, I don't I don't think you're um super into um American theater right no because I won't get too off on this, but when you're researching about Takarazuka Review and the O.S.K. Review, a major thing that both of those companies did was make themselves accessible. Like a year within the year of N.H.K. creating their first television broadcast, Takarazuka was putting their plays on N.H.K. So you still, to this day, have broadcasts on N.H.K. and local Osaka um, broadcasters in 1995 after a major Kobe earthquake that's when they started selling VHS tapes so Japanese review companies make themselves so accessible while Broadway is so exclusive because Hamilton as much as I hate it was the biggest thing on Broadway in years but you couldn't see it unless you were actually in Broadway and they had this stupid lottery system to win tickets no to win the chance to purchase a ticket for hundreds of dollars and then Lin Manuel Miranda, being Lin Manuel Miranda, took the show to Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico recovering from the hurricane. Oh by the way, it's Christ. like I, for- I brought I forgot, the arts back to Puerto Rico. And it's like shut the fuck up, Lin Manuel. People are still dying. Infrastructure still has not been repaired, and you bring in Hamilton. No one cares. Need
0: Hamilton. Just give them money. Give them your money. Not just money, they don't need like Hamilton.
1: fucking get out there with the hard hat and help people rebuild their lives.
2: <laughs> no, no, but they no, but like they need to see was Alexander Hamilton a
1: bad guy or were a good these guy? American <laughs> slave owners cool or were they just bad?
2: Also, also rap.
1: (laughs) And that's the thing. Like, you compare Hamilton to, like, what we just watched with Che Guevara. And it's like, I'd rather watch Takarazuka handle historical figures. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. But, like,
2: for something that I I had a random thought about. uh, So, my sisters um, got really obsessed with watching Hamilton on YouTube. And they wanted to go see Hamilton one year. And then my mom, like, isn't like anyone that's like super in the theater or whatever and she looked it up and like there was i think it was a showing in atlanta and even to go to that was just like thousands of dollars and i'm sitting there like i never realized how fucking elitist and class-based that like that stuff was it was like oh my god like that like that's like complete insanity and obviously like, it extends beyond um extends beyond uh Hamilton yeah. it goes it goes to anything that's ever been like a big Broadway smash that when they that wouldn't like uh, just a ghost seed in Broadway obviously that's a no-go unless you're part of that part of that class but then even when they could take that stuff touring like that, that that's that's even damn near that's even damn near impossible too uh so yeah I, 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 I was wondering is so is that just a thing where like Takara um um Takarazuka um, um, review, um, review, and um, I guess any other review companies are they just way more accessible than um, than American than American players? Yes, here?
1: because so Takarazuka is owned by the hankyu Hanjin Corporation since the beginning, so they have a lot of money backing them, and so Takarazuka since 1995 have released home videos. They have plays broadcast on national television station, NHK, and a regional Osaka station since Takarizuka is a suburb of Osaka. They also have their own cable channel, which you have to pay for, but Takuzuka Sky Stage is their dedicated channel on cable. It shows all the plays, plays from the smaller theaters, exclusive TV shows, interviews with actresses, so... They make it super accessible because they want people to come to the shows and then inspire the next generation of actresses to join Takarazuka. But Broadway, it's so annoying because before COVID, American broadcasters, ABC and NBC started this really cool thing where they would do live musical productions in their studios and have live audiences. And theater Twitter was so mad because it was a, it was the airing of Rent, and the crowd was like a lot of the TV workers, families, and friends. So not people who were going to Broadway, but were still fans of Rent. And they were just clapping and cheering because whenever one of their favorite characters came on stage, they would cheer. And someone on Twitter is like, oh my god, you can tell these people have never actually been to place because they're just making so much noise. It's like, no, fuck, no, Angel is such a popular character among Rent fans. So yeah, when she made an appearance in I Can't Remember Which Character's dream after Angel passed away from complications of AIDS, yeah, everyone cheered because Angel's such a popular character for rent fans. And this person got mad because oh they're just making so much noise and the elitism of Broadway is so annoying. And that's my major issue with American theater is you're not able to see Broadway productions until either it goes off-Broadway on tour, and like Quinn said, that's so expensive, or it gets adapted into a movie, and historically, those movie adaptations are terrible.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, theater in America, it's just, I mean, just like everything here, but it's just another excuse for people to be classist. And at this point, because because class is so, like... Obscured from American life, people don't even realize just what they're doing. Like, uh, talking about fans that are in the crowd and that they're making, they obviously don't know anything about theater because they're making too much noise is a classist point because you're like saying, like, oh, they haven't had enough leisure time and spent enough time in the theater to know the, you know, the unwritten rules of the culture of how, you know, so it's just like, you don't even realize how classist you're actually being because you think in America they separate it to where people believe that like oh no I'm just right I just know how to properly appreciate theater and these people don't not really seeing what they're actually saying so yeah American theater sucks (laughs) (laughs) this uh this this play and probably most of the Takarizuka review shows seem like they're more like working class theater for actual people to watch which is a lot better yeah so
1: like that was kind of like their whole purpose when they originally started. They wanted to keep prices low so that a lot of people could come to the theater because the Han- the Kiu Corporation had lands in Takarizuka back when it was a super small hamlet. And so they wanted to bring people to this town of Takarizuka. So they made the theater, made tickets super cheap, and they opened restaurants with really cheap food to just keep bringing people in. And eventually it grew from a hamlet to a town, and now it's a whole city. And they also have the Grand Theater in Hall in Takarizuka. And then they also have the Tokyo Theater in Tokyo. So the major shows will start in Takarizuka for a little more than a month, and then it will go to Tokyo. So if you're wherever in Japan, there's a chance that you can probably catch a day train and go see a show from Takarizuka. So it's a very accessible theater company. And when compared to Broadway, you just can't compare it at all. Cause the ticket prices for Takarazuka will tap out at two hundred dollars, and that's like front row, dead center. That's your most premium seats. But to get into the theater, it's like eighty dollars.
2: So the, the wow, yeah, I, can, I, yeah. Can, I can't, I can't, I can yeah, I can't imagine like any major American stuff being being that accessible. Like for that, you gotta gotta go to the fucking local high school or community college play production
3: yeah
1: Yeah, and then also the grand theater is an entire campus like the music school's there and you have restaurants there the gift shops are all there there used to be an amusement park there so it's an it's an entire just world created around their theaters and you can just go like families just Show. And that's how a lot of the actresses are like, yeah, I went to a show when I was a kid, and I fell in love with it. And we just kept going to shows, and then I made it to the school. Like they purposely make it accessible so that they can just keep chugging along and getting talent. What about
2: that? What about the? What about the outfits oh, so here? So good. Like I, I, obviously, like so, obviously Takarazuka. As you've been, as you've mentioned, outlined in your work, is like uh, all fem- all female cast, and a um, little, little bit of a warning here, um, as Alex warned us uh, when we when we uh, when she first told us about this, is that there's a, there's a um, a, a, sm- a smidge of blackface, uh, just just a <laughs> little, it, it, it's just a smidge of, a smidge of blackface. Yeah, they're liberal with um, the bronzer. We'll say yeah. that that's that's that that's that's in here, but other than that if you're able to yeah. pass that like the stuff they do with the ha- the stuff they do with the hair and, fa- the and facial hair is yeah like, is, yeah the makeup like like wow
1: <laughs> like they get all of fidel and Che's beard evolution through their lives
3: yeah
0: i was gonna say you go through a journey on the looks of uh of che and fidel
1: but yeah and it's also like one of my friends is we used to be in a fashion program and they're so interested in fashion. And I showed them this play, and they were just super into how they go to make like masculine silhouettes and feminine silhouettes with all the costuming when all of the talent are women. And it's just yeah. if you're into fashion and like construction of clothing, Tabra is an entire wormhole into how you can construct just different gender identities and make people see just a silhouette and make the assumption that this is a male character or this is a female character yeah they did a phenomenal job with that
0: i like i won't say like i was thinking about it but it definitely was never like a a thing where it felt like oh this is an all women's play you know or all women's show like it was just like done pretty well there is you know obviously some makeup that's a little over the top but
2: yeah even, um, I meant to mention, like the thing that I that took away most from it, um, these actresses and their control of their voices for some of these characters was fucking unreal. To um, get like some of that, like that low, growl, uh tone and cadence for some, for some, for some, for some of these people, I was like that was the thing that mo- that, that impressed me the most, more than the like the co- more than the costumes and stuff like that. To see. Oh wow! Like the like the way in which uh, she has that range to take to take it to take her voice there, and it not feel um, like silly or goofy was I thought was the most impressive thing about it.
1: Yeah. So what if I told you that for a very long time it was common for so the women who play male roles are otokoyakus, the women who play female roles are musuyaku. What if I told you that at the music school for a long time it was very common. That once you were determined to be an otokoyaku or a musume-yaku, if you were an otokoyaku, you would just start smoking packs a day to get a deeper voice. So you would just have gaggles wow. of girls at the school just smoking cigarettes to get deeper voices.
2: Jesus, that's
1: uh, that's, that's commitment. That's What's
2: that's that fucking um? Acting. What's that? What's that? Uh, yeah. Um, Menthol acting. What's that? What's what's that role? There's that fucking um. Uh, there's this movie Fifty Cent did where he like removed all his tattoos and like lost like, <laughs> like oh you remember Fifty Cent like 50 oh. Fifty Cent was jacked, and he lost and like, he like removed all his tattoos and like lost like all his like lost like all his weight. Remember like forty like he's all muscle, so he yeah. lost like all his muscle to play like um like some kind of like college football player who gets who gets <laughs> leukemia. <in laughs> one oh, role. I don't remember this <laughs>
1: now. Yeah, I forgot what
2: it it was called, but it's like a whole thing. Like, Christian
1: Bale's probably the most notorious to be like, Yeah, I lost 50 pounds, and I shaved my whole head to play this cancer survivor. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, the... I don't don't think enough is ever made of
2: how fucking insane and the kind of lunatics (laughs) that are actors. For
1: sure. I recently watched a video essay about the method and method acting, and how, in Hollywood at least... Most method actors are usually white cis men who and a lot of the times the methods are harassing their co-workers, but we applaud it because they're just so dedicated to the craft. But non-white actors are not applauded for even being difficult on set.
2: Oh, of course. If you're if you're Christian, if you're Christian Bale, you can just get you can you can like write everything off with y'all. I'm just getting into my character. He's a he's a she's a disheveled um, hermit, and um, is very is very aggressive when put in uncomfortable situations, and he can, like he can he can get that off, but um, I don't know I don't know fucking um, Michael B. Jordan, that's <laughs> like how how popular he is, he would not he not be able to get that off. No,
0: no, no. You got to be nice and likable and all that. Unfortunately, to uh, to get away with it, yeah. I'm just trying to think of. Yeah, like how many, how many guy like really talented actors are like pigeonholed as character actors just primarily because of race? There's like tons of them where it's like you just can't be a leading man even if you're like a phenomenal actor. But whatever.
2: Oh, oh, oh! That I mean that's look you. That's a big thing with black movies. I don't know how many how many of those are, like Alex is consumed, but I forget I forget her name. But I'm telling you, like there's this like there's the same black actress that has been everyone's mom in like at least eight pretty major black like black black um, movies.
1: Quinn did you ever see the movie ATL with T I?
2: Yes. Basically that entire yes, cast. Of course I've I've seen it <sighs> oh so many oh, times. My
1: uncle Al was obsessed with that movie. Each time we were at their house, ATL was on and I'm like there's other movies about Atlanta out there. No, nope. No, but you
2: but you see they don't have those don't have T I and Big
1: Boy. Like, that entire cast of ATL, like, that unlocks a lot of memories for me. I'm just like, that era for black movies also is just, every time I went to one of my mom's relatives' houses, they had one of those movies on, like, Tyler Perry, or...
2: (laughs) Oh my... Uh, they, thankfully, I've only seen one of those. Oh, God, I only ever saw Medea go to jail. No, one my
1: one. one of my sister's best friends in middle school and high school. We, we would go to her house. Her mom had all the plays on DVD, so I watched oh, fuck, all the what? plays. <laughs> I was in Jesus on the ground Christ, floor, like wow. Diary of Mad Black so, Woman. I saw the play first on DVD.
2: Tyler Perry had a stranglehold on black people for a fucking while. You say that
0: like it's over. I mean, he's bringing back Medea After saying that she's gone, he's, he's doing. He's
2: the- doing, um... He's, like, in a clicker and, like... Have you ever seen The Oval? No. Either of you? No, no. So, when this show is over, I need the both of you to look up the pilot episode of The Oval. It is a Tyler Perry produced television show on BET.
1: That's all I need here.
2: It is genuinely the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> there's no amount there's no words I can put into this that could really explain how horrid of a experience that this is. You all you both need to go look up the Oval after we are done recording here.
0: All right, I got it. I got uh, it. Yeah. It was on for 2 seasons. What?
2: Dude, I the first ep, I I don't know why my barber had this on <laughs> when I was getting a haircut one day. He just had B E C on for some reason. But I I'm not the person that causes that causes a disruption when I'm getting a haircut. I'll make my I'll make my request. But like three minutes in, like Yo man, can you just put on ESPN, <laughs> please <laughs> please do. Like I can't I can't I can't I can't do this one. This this. This 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 okay, this one isn't this is this one is this one isn't gonna work for me. All right. So, do you have a favorite classic uh, black movie, Alex? And what are your thoughts on Lauren London as Noonan? <laughs>
1: I haven't heard that name <laughs> in years. Oh my god. Um, a favorite? I don't, so it's yeah. difficult for me because when I think of these movies, I think of a memory. At some type of family gathering, and like not all of those family gatherings go smoothly. So,
2: <clears throat> so like, so, like, what, like, what was the context of, of your family gathering when they, when they were playing um, Welcome Home, brosco jones <laughs> mm. mm.
1: <laughs> See, you know what I would do? I would go to the other room and. I remember me and my cousins would sneak off to the other rooms to watch MTV or to watch Bad Girls Club, but one time we tried to watch Bad Girls Club, and one of our aunts caught us like, oh, that's not appropriate TV for you guys. And we're like, well, you guys said we couldn't watch the movies y'all were watching, which were all those, I guess, raunchy movies, black people movies, we weren't allowed to watch is inappropriate, so we went off to watch MTV, but that's also not appropriate, and it's like. So what do you want us to do? You don't want us just on our Game Boys, uh-huh. like dinner's not ready. You don't want us watching these inappropriate <laughs> movies. We're all stuck in this room. We all like MTV. So yeah, we're gonna watch MTV. Yeah, it's gonna have fucking Kanye West on. We all know Kanye West.
2: Alright, okay, so 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 no so no favorite. Okay. So you remember okay, so I don't know if you, uh, I think you remember Welcome on Roscoe Jenkins. Do you remember Norbit?
1: Yes, I remember Norbit. Norbit rocked. I like Norbit. No. I refuse. Nor-
2: Norbit was a... You f- <laughs> refused to see Norbit? Yeah,
1: because, again, all the kids at school loved Eddie Murphy. And I saw the commercials from Norbit. I'm like, no. Because at that point, I was very much into... I'm not like other girls. I like cool things like comic books and Legos. So even like movies, I was like, no. I'd rather be playing video games and you know building Bionicles. I did not see Norbit. I refuse to see Norbit. The Waynes, I saw white chicks. It's hilarious. But when then the white girls at your school start quoting white chicks, you just take yeah, a step back. like,
2: no. When the actual white people got a hold of white chicks. Yeah,
1: like this <laughs> white girl whose family was from Belgium. So layers of whiteness. When she says oh she loves God. the Medea movies, I was like, I can't. It's too, It's gone too that, far. Yeah, that,
2: that, that's very. That's that's very. That's very uncomfortable. I,
1: yeah, she has a Belgian flag on her Letterman jacket. Like her family's from Belgium. I'm just too much. Too far. We've gone too far. <laughs> We're in the mainstream too much. We need to go back.
2: Okay. What's the, what's the one where um, one of the Williams brothers is like, but is like uh. uh they put his face on a baby. Oh my god! What which, 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 uh, which oh is god. that? It was like
0: either Little Man or.
2: I think it's Little Man.
3: Yeah, I think
0: it's Little Man. Yeah, yeah. and that movie oh has god. like a a part where he, as a baby, has sex with an adult woman. What? Or at least he like goes down on her or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What? Yeah.
0: So, yeah. That movie's nuts.
1: The Wayne's brothers after, I don't know, I think maybe after White Chicks, and they did all those parody movies, I think I got done. Oh. So the first scary movie, pin- <laughs> I'm okay. The first scary movie. Then they kept making more scary movies, and then they made the dance movie. What was the name of the dance oh, parody did you,
2: did, movie? Did you see, uh, did you see the um, epic, no, epic movie?
1: again, I refuse to see it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was the
0: epic movie the Wayans Brothers? Though I don't even remember. But I don't they think originated so. the um, formula.
1: with... yeah. Like oh, there was eventually not another teen movie. There was a dance parody movie. I feel like there was another teen movie parody in the late two thousands.
2: I forgot what that one was. Um, there did you did anyone else other than me see Meet the Spartans?
1: I saw it on oh, TV. Oh God!
0: I watched it <laughs> on I TV. I probably only saw the like trailer.
2: Yeah, I, I'm a child who like doesn't know any better, so <laughs> I saw like, oh, that seems fun. Like I went to theaters to go see Ooh, Meet the Spartans. No.
1: Like I said, <laughs> I watched that on TV.
2: No, um, as a kid, uh, my theater experiences, um, well, at least ones that I remember, uh, one is Shutter Island, in um, two, two like two, I think I uh, meet the Spartans. And then I saw like the second Transformers movie. Nice. <laughs> those are like, those, those, like the main ones I remember.
1: All right, I've Googled it. We have parody 2000 movies about murder, action parodies, sci fi parodies, horror parodies, parody movies about love. Dance Flick. Dance Flick is the one that I remember. Yeah, Dance the, Flick is the one. Started spinning on a pregnant belly. I remember that part of the movie. Oh my mm-hmm. God. That.
2: <laughs> uh. Wasn't the baby like born on the yes. dance floor too?
1: After Jesus her dance, Christ. she birthed the baby. <laughs> oh my god.
0: <laughs> Did either of you see this, the, the Wayne's brothers, the Don't Be a Menace to South Central? While you're oh, drinking, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. movie
2: is ridiculous. I've seen like, all of that stuff, I've seen, but I'll tell you the one that, like, as a kid, confused the shit out of me. It confused me to this day. When I saw Pootie Tang, that Love movie, Tang. that's an all timer Confused the ever living oh shit out of me. Pootie Tang is a
0: yeah, it's an all time legendary film. It's underappreciated historically for just. Ha- I mean, it's it's Louis C.K. obviously, so you know, take or if it's take a comedic, that
2: w- comedic, comedic comedic genius. You know. yeah,
0: you know, take that what w- what you will, but. uh... But yeah, like, oh, it's just, it's so, it's great because it is so surrealist. And, like, I really <laughs> like that kind of humor. Fucking, um, oh, god damn it! Uh, I know that in the movie she's Biggie Shorty. What the fuck is her name? Ah, uh, the comedian. Ah, um, uh, forgot. Wanda Sykes. Wanda uh, Sykes' oh, Biggie Shorty fuck, is yeah. so fucking funny in that movie. <laughs> god damn, yeah. No, know that movie's great. I love Pudu Yeah. two uh,
1: To my friends in my senior year of high school became obsessed with Booty Tang and they would keep quoting it in band class like <laughs> one day they decided hey we're gonna watch Booty Tang and I don't know how many times they watched it that the next day of school they were just constantly quoting and like <laughs> everything oh my god also Undercover Brother I remember watching that oh, cause yeah. my oh, fuck I think yeah. my dad rented yeah. it from movie gallery I remember watching that one I loved
2: it. I loved The
1: Griffin.
0: Yeah. No, Undercover Brothers
1: is another all-timer. That's a fucking phenomenal flick too. And so my dad was watching it and the family was there and then the scene where the two chicks are kissing in the shower, he had to shut that down. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um did you ever have like uh, your family watching Trapped in the Closet experience?
1: <sighs> oh. <laughs> Again, at my mom, one of my mom's relatives because oh, going to Florida just in the 2000s was a lot because I can't say it any other way. I grew up very suburban in a white majority neighborhood. And then my mom's family in Florida, they grew up in a pretty evenly split black and white like city. So they all, quote, acted more black than I did. So, I would go to their houses and they were all playing rap music, which my dad didn't like rap because of the cursing and the sexual subject matter. And they'd be watching all these movies that my dad would never let us watch because they were inappropriate. And so, yeah, a lot of the black movie experience was at my mom's relatives' houses because they all just acted more black.
2: <laughs> okay, so I had my aunt. Um,. I for, like they had a big gathering, um, uh, of like my my mom, my dad, my aunt, and I think a few other people all gathered to watch the entire box that I'm, I'm trapped in the closet. <laughs> now, I'm but am I I am but a wee child, so <laughs> they decide the best course of action. Is to just put me in my aunt's room <laughs> until they finish watching.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you were trapped in the closet while they were watching. Trent Essentially, in the
2: closet. yeah, like I could like they just like, no, you can't come out. And this is one of two times which has happened to me. One, I'm, I'm, at least the second time, wasn't like just put in the room, putting the room in the dark, as they say, hey, hey, you can't watch this. The second time is when um uh the the first season of Chappelle's Show, um, I come in and my dad's watching it. And I remember this because when I would go on like rewatch the Pell Show years later, I remember this scene. But it was the scene where Dave is Godzilla and he fucks the volcano. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, my dad uh got to that. was like, hey, "Yeah, hey, hey man, you got to go." Well, I was like, "What? Why?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, you got you got to go." I was like, "All right." Is
0: uh, Was that really that bad to see? I mean, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> like,
2: I, I don't know like Trapped in the closet,
1: like I guess. It's like, also like that's chick- a whole trip of a saga. Trapped in the closet.
0: Yeah, I never actually watched Trapped
1: in the Closet, so uh, I have no idea. It's oh, been man. years. Wasn't there a little person somewhere in the? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yes, there was. Um, he dude came home. Uh, she and uh her husband was a uh, was a was a was a, was a little was a little person. Um, and, then don't for, and then don't forget. Uh, R. Kelly was in the closet. Um, the guys, the woman, woman's husband uh, comes comes home, finds him. R. Kelly has a gun yep. pointed at him, <laughs> and then the reveal that the husband was seeing a man. Uh, yeah, I remember. And, I'm remembering. And, 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 uh, yeah, that. Oh, uh, I remember that part. I was already like, oh man, shit, what's gonna happen when, when, he, when, uh, when he opens up this closet? And then, um, then we get to the point where he opens the door, and the guy answers, and I think I'm probably like 12 or 13 when I'm seeing this, and I'm like, what the fuck
1: is going on? And I also remember yeah. his beige suit in that music video. I don't know why I remember the color, yes. but it was very beige, probably a size and a half too big, because that was the style.
2: Yeah, that yeah, it, it's a very it's a very large it's a very large jacket. <laughs> also, makes it funnier when you realize this whole thing started off it started off with a night with a night in the club that R. Kelly didn't remember. He was in, he was in the club in a suit. God, <laughs> well,
1: think, I mean, think, think about think think about it. <laughs> I've seen some outfits at clubs. Like if someone's in a full suit at a club, I'm steering clear of that person. <laughs> no it, it Kelly if it's three piece uh, 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 suits at the club you're not here for good reasons <laughs> you know I, I was gonna
2: bad. say I, I was gonna say that was a that was a warning about R Kelly but I remember that trapped in the closet was already after all that, oh, yeah. oh
1: my god like when that <laughs> lifetime documentary came out and a lot of the white people at work were reacting to it, it like so I was a child when all that news came out, where were you guys? Yes, I rem- I rem- I remember this no, very like, vividly. So where were the rest of y'all? I remember being a young child when all this news came out. I remember everyone popping off uh, jokes, and my mom not explaining what the jokes were. And it's like, so where were everyone else?
2: Yeah. yeah, not 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 only that. Like remember, we're still like you know in our tw- in our twenties, so we only got that first run. We didn't get the experience of people that were like. Hmm. R. Kelly and Aaliyah. That's a little weird. I wonder what's going on there. We right. didn't. Exp- we didn't experience. We didn't experience that one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. R. Kelly and Cosby were both the same to me. Where it was like I didn't remember a time where it wasn't like mentioned that there was weird shit going on in the back. So it was crazy that also within my lifetime it's like become a thing and they were like arrested, I guess, and canceled, and all the stuff that happened. I'm like, wh- wait, how? This has
2: always been a thing. This isn't new, but
0: I guess times change or whatever.
2: Yeah, in, 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 in 2002... Uh, I think it was 2002, I right? I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, in 2002, it was perfectly acceptable that there was videographic evidence of right. <laughs> like People were, were know, selling court, the evidence. In, 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 in. That's yeah. possession of child pornography. Yeah, that, that's, that's true. true. Like,
1: that's another charge.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Like, so, not, yeah, so But somehow the the dude escaped any kind of repercussions for that. And then it only then pops up fucking, what, 14 years later? Like, that is batshit insane.
1: And then his wife was on some reality show. She's like, I'm Mark Kelly's wife. And everyone's like, he's married? And she's like, yeah, he's kept me secret for (laughs) years. Dude, I
2: was fucking floored when I found out... That this dude had a
1: wife. And, he, and not just a wife. A, a, a wife that was like his age? And the fact that he, honest to God, just kept her locked up in the house. Like guests couldn't see her. Would she would she count as a beard? <laughs> kind of. But no, <laughs> she's
0: an op- the opposite. Because a beard you put out in the open so people see.
3: Oh, yeah,
1: she was yeah, hidden. yeah. I'm just like... A whole wife He had a whole wife Yeah <laughs>
2: he, doesn't, he, he doesn't have
1: kids does he? I don't think he? so no, no
0: He's got oh. a, a bunch of kids well, Maybe not with the wife Yeah I would assume
1: that he's got kids out there oh, Not awful. from the marriage we should <laughs> say But yeah I don't even remember what show it was But she was like, Yeah I'm a Curly's wife Me and my mom and sister were like What do you mean he's married? What do you mean he's been married? <laughs> he's been married this whole time? I thought Ali was it
2: <laughs> no, but th- but then but then it got even weirder and got like the whole like sexualization that was happening to Aaliyah at that, at all, all at that time because not just from R. Kelly then Timbaland comes out like years later for whatever reason and, so, and says that he was in love with Aaliyah and remember Timbaland met her and she's still 16 or 17 years old
1: I don't like Timbaland I love Missy Elliot I do yeah. not like Timbaland
2: was it was it always that or like you, even before this? It was this? not
1: always that because I was too young for all of the Leah mess of the 90s. But I used to really like Timbaland because he was producing a lot of hits. I like Missy Elliott. If you listen to Missy, you will have to hear Timbaland. I feel like 2010, I feel like something happened. And it just flipped the switch. It's like, <laughs> I don't like Timbaland. I feel like he probably said something in the 2010s.
2: I don't I don't know who's like ruining their legacy more. I I'm like that's the sad thing with Aaliyah is like Timbaland can say that and like no one's going to double take and be like, "Huh? Like, wait, what did you just say?" But like say like Jermaine Dupree and like his female rappers comment, like that's going to get way more attention than Timbaland saying, "Hey, I was in love with Aaliyah and she also might have been might have been a teenager at the time when I met her."
1: <sighs> oh my god. But all the beats Timbaland made back then, though.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) All-time great producer. Just, you know, pretty much said if R. Kelly didn't do it, then I would have.
0: Yeah. Oh, man.
3: Virginia, everybody. That's (laughs) terrible to think about.
0: I'm trying to think now because there was... I remember the same... Kind of the same thing as Alex saying there. Like, I remember being... I never was a fan of Timbaland, but... Just being like whatever, and yeah, he made like good beats and stuff. And then eventually something happened too where I I said like oh he seems like a prick or he did something shitty, but I can't remember oh, yeah, what. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, I don't I don't know what. Because I he did something. I remember why I stopped liking Neo because Neo made a comment about, comment about how he would only want to date light skin girls, and I was like, you need to shut up, oh, man. Oh wow, he, he did. Yeah, Neo, I don't yeah, that Neo one. made a comment that, that he would only want to date light skin girls, and I was like, that's a lot of nerve from from a man like you. <laughs> uh
2: were you were you were you like um there for like the media takeout era? No. Oh shit. Yeah, okay. Like, I remember like all, like all like the different like media takeout uh headlines the headlines that they would grab. I remember the I remember the one like that like really caught my eye. I remember I was being I was a really big Chad Johnson fan. Um and then the and then the thing where he um where he um Headbutt but Evelyn uh came out. And I know the first time I was like Oh shit man yeah I, I don't like you anymore
1: <laughs> Um, I feel like like A really weird memory I have That I didn't think about at the time One of ODB's last TV appearances was on America's Next Top Model And I remember watching that episode Oh Yeah fuck. and <laughs> he was hitting on one of the White contestants <laughs> Yeah it was crazy Because I was re-watching it years ago And I was like wasn't he die kind of soon-ish and I looked it up yes, and I was yes. like and then I looked up the air date of the America's Exile model I was like it's literally one of his last TV appearances as America's Exile model and he's hitting on one of the white girls I think he calls her a snow rabbit a snow bunny too I, I mean look
2: that's, that's very very par for the course for ODP yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah season 2 like, he takes them on a limo ride and everything. And is there, too. <laughs> nice. <laughs> America's Next Top Model, everybody.
2: You mentioned Bad Girls Club. Were you, like, a devoted Bad Girls Club watcher? My parents
1: banned that in the house. But, again, going to a row, in aunt's house, my cousins were allowed to watch with their mom, and they would talk about it all the time. So, I no of Fat girls club I don't know their names but it was definitely something I knew of but I had to look at from a distance cuz I wasn't allowed to watch at home
2: Okay okay okay
1: I was allowed to watch Survivor which again if you seeing someone gets really burned by a bonfire as a kid will scar you which did yep yeah, but
2: yeah, yeah yeah but that but yeah but like the idea that uh girls might uh fight in uh dance with men
1: uh <laughs> well see they're <laughs> swearing a lot on bad girls but in survivor it's a matter of using your wits to complete challenges and vote people out by cu- your cunningness see it's totally different I mean, I mean there's there's some there's some there's some cutting oh, there in totally is
2: stuff. i mean how I mean, I mean, I mean, how else are you? How else are they going to get the? Uh, how else are going to get the girl they don't like out the house?
1: <laughs> yeah, there was no Big Brother, no Girls Club. We watched Survivor, The Mole, Amazing Race. Amazing
2: Race seems like the most boring. Oh shit. no,
1: that's oh I love Amazing Race, especially back in the day when they didn't teach the contestants how to drive manual gear. And they would go outside of the U.S. and have to drive manual cars, and they would break down crying because they didn't know how to drive manual cars. So good. And when everyone's at the airport having to wait two hours for the same plane, that's drama.
2: So good. I, I yeah, it oh I always saw a commercial for it because I, w- I was a Big Brother fan. I'm like, man, this shit looks boring.
1: <laughs> no, Amazing Race is great cuz it was also good when like it a always... couple would go on and then by the third leg the relationship's over. Yeah. Wow. They're just
0: a, <laughs> they're just partners on the show at that point. They're no longer a couple. Um that show always looked interesting in the like the the previews or the com- the trailers or whatever, but yeah, I I couldn't imagine watching it. It just seemed like it was probably pretty slow. Um a ton of wrestlers were on that though, were Yeah, they...
1: um Robbie Robbie E and um who is he dating at the time? Was Brooke Tessmont? Yes, they were both on the amazing race. And my mom asked me if I knew who they were and I'd yeah. say yes. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, had yeah. to unfortunately had yeah, to say like,
2: yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, I know they are.
1: Mar- is it Mark not Martin when, Martin Stone?
2: Remember, remember when Paul I, I think look was, didn't like Paulie and Angelina show up on show up on Impact or was it just Angelina?
1: Angelina I definitely think, yeah. did. I don't
2: know about Polly.
1: I don't think Polly showed up. I know Angelina for sure did. But yeah. Angelina was the one no one else liked at that house. Oh, look. You, you don't <laughs> got to
2: tell me that. I'm a Jersey shorefisher. <laughs> <house. laughs>
1: there was also a survivor. One of the
0: survivor like winners that was a girl was on there, too. And she was like, they put
2: her with Kevin Nash
0: for like a minute on, t- on Inbox. Oh, I don't fuck. remember um,
2: that. Uh. But she like it's like it's like the worst match of all time, right?
0: Oh yeah. You know what? I think yeah, it was like Charmel versus Yes Jenna, Jenna Marasco. <laughs> yes. Was that it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was it.
3: Oh. Yeah, I think she was a Survivor
0: she was on Survivor, right? Yeah. Yeah, some 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 show. Yeah, but then that got beat for the worst match with like Rebel versus Shelly Martinez. Now everyone says that's the worst match ever.
1: And then somehow Snooki managed to have a competent match at WrestleMania. Of course,
0: Snooki rocks. She was like a meme before memes were really a thing, but she was always cool.
1: Oh yeah, she was always she is exactly who she's advertised as. That's Snooki. She's not anything else.
2: uh th- does anyone else have a uh, ptsd from watching all the ronnie and sam arguments oh my god
1: <laughs> ron you're traumatizing every me fucking, yeah.
2: every, fu- every fucking every fucking episode when he threw episode. the
1: bed oh my god
2: but my one um situation had butted the wall yes yes he just fucking jammed his and neck. And because
1: it was some like hundreds-year-old Italian building, it was made of plaster, so it didn't move an inch.
2: He just, <laughs> he just nearly paralyzed himself. he had to himself. get the neck brace like, and
1: everything. <gasps> oh my god, She <laughs> was
2: fucking insane. Oh, and then, works. um, I did not. Well, I like, didn't Ron, see this. like that's awesome. No, like then, like then, like Ronnie, not, then, like Ronnie knocked the dude out at the beach. Yep.
1: And then like Snooky falling on the boardwalk. Snooky falling on the beach. Like season one, that dude punched Snooki at the bar, and all the guys were like running down the boardwalk trying to find him. Oh shit! I forgot. Yeah, about that. that was like one of the first big moments of Jersey Shore because it was season one. But yeah, the dude punched Snooki, and all the guys were just like attack mode. Oh
0: yes, yes,
1: yeah.
2: They all she, went. Yeah, off. She, like, she. Yeah, she did get punched. Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Jer- Jersey Shore, oh, no. so good. Jersey Shore.
0: <laughs> the boardwalk fight with uh, with Ronnie knocking that guy out reminded me, like, I that popped in my head when there was that video of um, Janella fighting uh, Enzo Amore on the boardwalk in Jersey Shore. Oh. Like oh, I, that was instantly what I thought of, even though they like never. Act- I don't even think they ever actually punched each other. They just kept acting like they were gonna fight, but it was the same. Wasn't shit. Was there
1: like- a concert that Enzo and Janella? try to go at it? At. Yeah, yeah, there was
0: a concert too <laughs> that yeah. they got and and I, tried to get no fight. They like kept trying yeah. to pretend like they were going to fight each other.
1: I think Blink-182 was performing at that show they were at. <laughs> Probably. Which really just sums up the type of environment they're in.
0: So perfect, yeah. Oh my god.
2: <laughs> did um did you did you watch like the the Snooki and JWoww spin-off?
1: I watched a couple episodes. Because I think by that time, I might have been working or I was watching a ton of wrestling for Wrestling With Words and I didn't have time to watch it.
2: Uh, so, cut into your Jersey Shore uh, <laughs> affiliated Showtime.
1: Yeah, like, oh man, Go, coming home from band practice straight into Jersey Shore was the only good thing I enjoyed about Pennsylvania. Which, going <laughs> to the shore The shore sucks You have to pay money to step on the beach It's fucking terrible that shit You have to pay awful. to get on the beach
2: Might as well just go to fucking um, Ocean City honestly.
1: Like fucking Wildwood? No Didn't fuck out of here, Wildwood But all the kids went to Wildwood Everyone would go down to the shore I'm like, this place sucks The sand is rocky It's dirty It's not fun the boardwalk is boring. It's the same five, like T-shirt stores. No, the, 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 t- the time I went
2: to the boardwalk, I, I just didn't. I didn't really get it. Like, like for, all, for everything that people say about the boardwalk, you might as well just go to Ocean City instead.
1: Like, yeah, Jersey, Sh- the actual shore sucks. Don't do it.
0: Yeah, that sounds kind of crazy to me that you have to pay to get onto the beach at all. Oh, we were like, all shocked.
1: Yeah. It was like $5 to step on the beach, and we're like, no, it's nature. Why do I gotta pay?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like out here, Like I'll accidentally end up on the beach like just riding my bike, and then I'll be like, oh, what the fuck? Why am I on the beach? I didn't mean to be here. Oh, shit.
1: Yeah. Oh, shit, sand. Like, yeah, whoops. This, the Jersey Shore is very rocky. Like There are sections that are Flagged off because the rocks are so high in the water, so you can't just you know go in and just swim down the shore. You can only be in certain areas, and the sand itself is super rocky. and It sucks. Yeah. Jer-
2: Jersey, Jer- Jersey generally it it sucks. Just, just sucks as a state. Jersey is terrible. <laughs> Listen, like I can't, I, like, I the, can't, whole, like uh, the whole like the whole the whole the whole state. The whole state of Jersey. Is like
1: this for all the shit that Camden gets for being so dangerous, and like I've been in Camden multiple times. I have an uncle that lives there. I'd rather be at his place in the shore.
2: All of all of Jersey is dangerous though. Like every single part of Jersey a world? is dangerous. Jersey
1: is the scariest because you got a bunch of white Jersey people waving Confederate flags. That's the scariest experience in my life. Um.
2: Our friend um um Dylan um Dylan Hales mentioned before and like he's not wrong. <laughs> and like if you know Jersey, you know he's not wrong here. But, like he said, like New Jersey is the most racist place that he's ever lived. It's true. And, like, 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 that, like that's not wrong. It's not surprising. Like, especially yeah. North Jersey. I hate North Jersey. Look, like, like everywhere in Jersey is dangerous. Like, even if you want to talk about the rural parts. Like, if you go to, like, the cities, if you go to Newark, if you go to Trenton, if you go to Jersey City, Jersey is just not a good time anywhere.
1: Like, I will never forget a couple of years ago, this K-pop idol, Dasom, who was in a really big girl group, Star, she just posted a picture for eating two turkey legs in Jersey City. I'm like, who drug you there?
2: Holy shit. What happens?
1: <laughs> Are you safe? Do you need to go home? <laughs> but yeah, she was just eating two turkey legs in Jersey City. And it's like, I'm having so much fun right now. <laughs> was that just recently? It was in the last couple because of years. But yeah, she was just in Jersey City. I'm like, are you okay? I'm, I'm trying to
0: remember because I saw something online. It was like some K-pop idol. But I don't remember if it was a girl or a guy where it
1: was like that they're actually from Jersey. Oh, uh, a lot of them are. Like, Ailee, who was super big in the 2010s, she even went to Rutgers. Like, she's a Jersey girl. Yeah, what? Yeah. uh, A couple of Korean-Americans who went to Rutgers went to Korea to start music careers. And then, yeah, like, so Eric Nam's the big guy from Atlanta. He's a ballad singer. He's from Atlanta. okay, that might be what I'm
0: thinking about. Johnny,
1: who's in a big boy group right now, NCT, he's from the northern suburbs of Chicago. (laughs) Uh, so a couple of them are from Northern Virginia too, which is weird. Um that is weird. yeah. Basically if there's a major Korean community, there's probably been someone who went to Korea to become a K pop singer.
2: Right. That makes that makes sense,
1: but I never I never yeah, I never really heard about that. Yeah, because unfortunately I guess it yeah like can you name Korean American singers? That's a yeah, good
3: point.
1: It, yeah, exactly. It started back in the nineties some guys who went to form the big boy band, Shinwa in the nineties, they flew back to Korea and that was totally unheard of. So you had these guys speaking super broken Korean in Korea. And everyone's like, wow, you're American. This is so weird. Let me touch you. You're American. (laughs)
2: Uh.
1: All
2: right. So I'm I'm officially propos I'm officially proposing, um, for our next episode that, uh, it's um uh we do we do 16 <gasps> and pregnant oh
4: my god
2: <laughs> oh my whew. I, think, I think we just need to turn this into a 16 and pregnant podcast
1: let's do it oh my the whole Kiefer saga that stresses me the fuck out also you named your child <laughs> I, Kiefer. first of all that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's wow. you set him up for trouble what? White people are. Oh, terrible. Kiefer was half black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up.
2: Yep. Oh fuck, mm-hmm. Jesus! Christ. He
1: set up for failure. Yeah, that's.
2: Imagine him trying to like go on Tinder with that name.
1: Like, yeah, like
2: he has, like he has to go by his middle middle name or something. You have to go by the last name. Put that in your. T- you can't do that.
1: Like I said, it's like you can't do that to your child. You're sending them up for failure. Oh, hey, uh, is. Kiefer in is Kiefer here? <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh jeez. Alright. I think I think
1: I think uh, anyth- anything else <laughs> <laughs> that you, you guys are talking before you oh, have um, here. Uh, exhausted. So you Todoroku plays Che Guevara in the Che Guevara musical. Back in the late nineties, here's some real psychic damage. She played Martin Luther King Jr. in a JFK musical What the fuck are y- you kidding? No, I'm what? not. Wait, in a no. JFK. Yeah, there okay. was a musical about JFK. So the woman who played Che Guevara, she played Martin King Jr. in the JFK musical back in the 90s. I'm telling you, this is I... that's all CIA
0: assassination like wow. triple whammy yep. connection there.
2: I I need to see a screen capture. <laughs> I can
1: I can I can grab it for you cuz when I was looking up this play for just information to share with you guys and so i made a picture of all the historical figures that she's played and so a lot of japanese people and then i see che guevara and martin luther king jr i'm like hold the fuck up one of these things is really not like the other Rain,
2: uh, the, the, the range yeah she's also played yeah.
1: abraham lincoln God damn! All yeah.
2: right. You know, you know these three; those three things definitely go together. Abraham Lincoln, Che yeah. Guevara, and Martin Luther King definitely go together. Y'all yep.
0: the same person should play all three of those characters for sure. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. It,
2: it, it, it's, 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 the, it's the same role every time.
1: <laughs> yeah all all men being targeted by the government.
2: That's
0: true. All assassinated by uh, nefarious means by anti
1: revolutionaries. Yeah. That's true,
0: yeah. Plots.
2: Where is it? All right, any, any, you, got any, you got anything else to? Add? No, no. I mean, I'm I'm good.
1: <laughs> I just needed to share that with you guys. Okay. That. Oh, and she's also played a priest that lives in Baltimore. So there's the connection. Yeah. What? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> this, you the rookie. I, I need I need yep. to
2: more. I need to get I need to get more into um, to, um, to Karazuka. Um, to Karazuka yeah, this yeah. is this is this. Yeah, is, this is
1: Roki <laughs> is retiring later this year, unfortunately, after over oh, twenty no. years. Oh. A, le- a legend. Oh, she is yeah, a true legend. legend. Like, let me. Yeah,
2: this is. This I'm gonna is just start
1: dropping pics in Slack of all her major roles, like <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay um i think we're gonna be back next week to talk about wrestling maybe maybe <laughs> um i'm not we sure you don't know um a- alex, alex thank you uh yeah. for co- for, co- for coming for, co- for coming back uh, th- uh this week to help us through uh <laughs> the sh- the sh- the shake of era uh play you're always have a uh a spot here uh whenever you whenever you feel whenever you feel like appearing uh Thank you for coming here to uh, uh, bless us through this. Oh,
1: I found a really good picture. But, yes, no problem. <laughs> I always I always enjoy being on this show. It's really fun. Good. good. Yeah, because you don't have to talk
0: about uh, what, yeah. but, uh, NXT. We don't make you talk about NXT on Yeah, and here. I feel like I can
1: be <laughs> unprofessional on this show where I try to bring professionalism to the Beru <laughs> tag boom.
2: Oh no! It's the it's the best. Like the, like, after doing like psychology is dead for so long, and then getting a show where like I just got to like do whatever it's like, oh wow! This is like so refreshing. <laughs> so okay, I can like be I can like I can like be normal.
0: <laughs> Could Daniel Day Lewis play MLK? Could he pull it off? Because he did Lincoln. Does he have that kind of range? I don't think he does. I don't think he does either.
2: You know, I think I think that we should be taking um Todoroki. We, we should we shouldn't be limiting her to just um to stage. I think that she's like this, these need to be films.
1: Yeah, that's true. Oh, she's also played <laughs> Luigi Lucchini, who was the Italian anarchist that murdered Empress of Austria Hungary Elizabeth. What yeah. The f-
2: Okay, yeah, they- Wow, there's a there's a lot of um, Revolutionary plays going on here. I'm. I, if, I need. To, I need to see how many of these are actually available. It's like I would actually people. watch
0: the People's Theater.
1: Yeah, because um, the <laughs> actress who played Fidel Castro also has played Luigi Licchini in a different production of Elizabeth. Oh
2: shit! The Camaro did it better. Yeah. Oh, that's that would be a lot of fun actually.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of like accidental leftism in Takarazuka plays. Yeah,
2: like, yeah, cause like, we know Japan. <laughs> we're like,
4: that. I mean,
1: don't think they this is what they mean. Yeah, eh. they're getting they they they're, they're there. But it's like, <laughs> someone pitched the idea of I want to make a musical about Che Guevara, and everyone said yes along the way. And they said I want to use you Todoroki, one of the most prominent actresses we have. They're like, yes, a hundred percent. Let's do this. Let's make it happen. Yeah, of course. I mean
2: to, to, I mean to, to get to green like something about Shay all you really got to do is just show is just show the t-shirt it,
1: yes yeah exactly
2: like that 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 that, that sells someone immediately
1: oh.
0: all right all right guys thank you all yes. for, thank you all for listening <laughs> thanks for uh, letting me to
2: the podcast pod.
1: <laughs>
2: thank you uh thank you all for listening to the podcast this week and thank you again to Alex for showing up uh Thank you all for listening and hope to hear it next time.